Hello and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I'm your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. So when you're on the pro-life side and you're fighting against the pro-abortion side, it's one thing to be in a relatively conservative state like me and here in Ohio, or if you're in Texas and a number of other states, it is a whole other battle if you're in a very liberal state. Uh, my guest today is Savannah Dudzeg. Savannah, welcome. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for being on. This is great. I just I love talking to people that are in this fight. And again, it's always, as I mentioned, it's always a little bit more challenging for people like you in a state like yours. So first, tell me about your work in the Illinois Right to Life. Tell me about that and, and what your role is. Yeah, so actually, so I do a lot of things in the pro-life movement, but my main job is I'm the communications assistant, actually, for Illinois Right to Life. So what I do, I do a lot of um, social media. I do a lot of writing. um, I do all sorts of things. I help run our podcast, our live chat podcast. So we have a podcast as well. But yeah, I love I love my work there. It's we're centered in Chicago, actually. So it's definitely in the middle of a lot of a lot of rough things in regards to abortion, the whole state of Illinois. But then on the side, I'm also a crisis pregnancy counselor with Let Them Live. So I get to talk to women from all over the country. And it's interesting to see um, the difference when women are in conservative states and when women are in um, more liberal states such as Illinois. And then I also intern with Culture of Life Fashion. So it's a fashion brand that promotes life. Yeah, I see you got uh, you got a lot of activities that you're involved in, and it's really great to see. Uh, so what what are the differences that you see between a liberal state and a more conservative state? So, I mean, I can only tell you from personal experience from talking to women in these states, but um, it it honestly seems to me that these these conservative states, especially, you know, Texas, which just which just had the heartbeat bill passed into law, um, Texas has so many pregnancy resource centers. There are so many resources for women who are in crisis pregnancy, whereas these states such as Illinois, you know, we have, I believe it's 17 abortion clinics and three pregnancy resource centers in the city of Chicago, not across the state, but just in the city of Chicago alone. I don't know the numbers for the whole state. Um, it's just so outbalanced. And when you're, when you're dealing with someone in a different state, it's so much easier to give them help because they just, they're very much more equipped. And part of that, I think, has to do with just the fact that things are so easily, you know, shut down. Things are so easily, like we just had a, a few years ago, we had an abortion clinic open. Nobody knew it was opening, you know, just out of the blue in Waukegan. Everything's just so secretive and everything's just, um, it's, it's obviously being done in sort of a, a manipulative way. So it's definitely encouraging to see the other states, but it's also like we have a lot of work left to do in Illinois. For sure. You have a lot of work to do in Illinois in a lot of areas. I, I think it's <laughs> it's it's a yeah. tough one in such a great state, too. I've been many times in Chicago itself yeah. has a Chicago lot. Chicago's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's excellent. So. Tell me also a little bit about uh, Let Them Live uh, that you're involved in. So you're a pregnancy counselor, correct? Yeah, crisis pregnancy counselor. So Let Them Live is an organization that's actually based in Indiana. Their goal is to help moms in financial crises to um, feel that they they have the strength, they have the support to keep their children. So um, 
basically the Guttmacher Institute, which is one of actually like run by Planned Parenthood, I believe, but they say that 73% of abortions occur because, um, 73% abortions occur because of financial need, you know? So if 73% of abortions are because of financial need, we really think that we can help with that, you know? So what we do is we, um, these women, they all reach out to us initially. We don't reach out to them. They reach out to us via social media, actually, via Instagram, because that's where we found the demographic of women who are the majority considering abortions are. So they reach out to us. A lot of them honestly think it's like a scam at first. They're, they're like, are you sure you're really going to help us like without any paying, paying you and all this stuff? But it's true. We help them. We create financial plans for them. We uh, talk to them throughout all nine months of their pregnancy. And actually, I was just texting with some women this morning. One of the women, she has a nine-month-old baby, and then another one has a six-month-old baby. So it's so cool. It's the most rewarding work when you actually see these children. And none of these moms, once they have their children, like, they tell me, you know, they're like, I can't even believe that I had considering a, considered aborting this child. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a complete turnaround. Yeah, it's so cool to be a part of helping people and saving lives as opposed to the other side that is destroying lives and not just destroying the lives of the babies, but, but really adversely affecting the lives of the women and giving them no help in the financial needs. If that's their insecurity or, or any other type of insecurity they might have, that's causing them to go down the path of abortion. These other, the pro abortion side gives them nothing. And it's really sad. No, exactly. And I think it's just, it's not thought about enough. You know, abortions are expensive. Abortions are multiple hundreds of dollars. And the farther you get along, the more expensive they're going to be. It's not like Planned Parenthood is handing out these free abortions, right? They're making these women pay for this procedure. And then I've heard so many stories about how um, after the procedure, you know, if something goes wrong, the Planned Parenthood says, well, you can't call us back, you know, like figure it out, like go to a hospital. It's so, there's no follow-up. It's the exact opposite of what the pro-life movement does. Yep. Absolutely. It's really, it's really a travesty. So I, I do love having young people like yourself on my show. I've had a number of them, uh, because sometimes I think we can lose faith in the youth. I don't know how young you are or what age I won't ask you. Yeah, I'm 20. You're 20 years old. Okay. So what is your background? So and I've been so impressed since I started my show with the number of young people your age or, you know, in and around your age that are this involved in this movement. It's so impressive to me. Maybe I was just very, very immature as a, at your age. I, <laughs> I was, I will admit it, but um, how, how did you get involved in this? When, when and how, and, and what was your up- upbringing? Well, yeah. And I think that it's, you know, what you say is what a lot of people say. They're like, um, they're like, are there really that many young people who are pro-life who are actually going to devote their lives to this? Because we see, like I see Illinois Right to Life as an organization that was founded actually in some form before Roe v. Wade was overturned. So there are people who um, have been involved in Illinois Right to Life who are very, very elderly. Let's just say that, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are people who've spent their entire lives working. And sometimes, you know, I'll talk to people from there and from other organizations and they'll be like, I don't know, like, are there young people who are coming to take our place? But I just like look around, you know, there are, there are so many, especially in the past few years, I've noticed there are so many young people who have said, you know, who um, might actually, I was just talking to somebody the other day um, and I'll get to my background in a second, but um, 
who was like, yeah, I felt like I was called to become a teacher, but then I saw that the most important thing that we can teach in our world, you know, is the importance, the value of life. And this is the greatest human rights violation of our time. And we need to be spending our life fighting for that. And so, so yeah, so basically I grew up, I grew up in a large Catholic family. I have a great family background. Like I, I have nothing bad to say about it. My dad was actually the uh, director of our, um, our pro-life, our respect life group at our church. I don't know if he was the director. He was, I, I always say that. And then I'm like, I don't know. He, but he was very, he was very involved in running things. Let's just say that. And then my mom um, volunteered. She took calls for aid for women. So it would be like a couple hours per week. She'd take calls with women who were calling in for help um, and direct them to people. So in some forms, she was a crisis pregnancy counselor, you know, just in a, in a mediatrix form kind of. So I've grown up knowing that this is like the most important thing we can do is protect and defend life. And I was always involved. I was involved in a pro-life skit actually throughout high school. And I started a pro-life group in my college. And I always knew that I wanted to be involved in some form in my life, but I kind of just was like, I wanted to be a teacher too. And I kind of just was like, uh, like, like I'll keep it on the side, you know, like it'll be something that I do on the side. Well, that changed when I, just started seeing and hearing these people like reach out to me. I didn't have a large platform. I like was just a normal person who was involved in pro-life work, but they'd be like, I have a friend who needs help who like wants to get an abortion or like whose boyfriend wants me to get an abortion. I need help. All these people. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is so real. There are so many people in need and there are not enough people filling those roles. And we need people to devote their lives to this. And so I um, started attending more pro-life functions, you know, and making some connections. And I got an internship with Illinois Right to Life. And um, and later that internship, I did the internship for about a year and then they hired me on full time. And actually before that, I started crisis pregnancy counseling for Let Them Live. And I've done a ton of stuff. I also am the secretary of Chicago Pro-Life Future. Um on the side, I do that stuff on the side, but my main job is also, you know, being a pro-life advocate. And it's, I can tell you, like, it's the best decision I've made in my life. It's, there's nothing more rewarding than being a part in saving a life, you know? And I think that anyone, everyone that I know who is involved in the pro-life movement would say the same thing. So that's my little story. So are you in, in school still, or are you doing all this full-time? Yeah. So I do, I do all of this full-time. Well, I do my, my work full-time and the other stuff on the side. I went to our local community college and once I started college was kind of when I got involved in the internship. And then I graduated with my two-year degree associate's degree um, in one and a half years. And then I started full-time right after that because I wanted to start full-time. Gotcha. So let me ask you about uh, something you had said. You you had said that a uh, some women were reaching out to, would would reach out to you, and it was because their boyfriend wanted them to get an abortion. How often is that the case for people about your age? It's so strange because when I started, you know, I was like, it's probably the parents a lot of the time. You know, I, I kind of thought it's probably the parents. Or the girl's choice. I mean, I'm sure that there's, I was like, I'm sure there's boyfriends, like there are boyfriends, husbands who have influence. I'm sure there's some of that, but literally almost every single person I talk to, it's because of the boyfriend. It's because of the husband. The husband's going to try to, you know, the husband's manipulating her. The husband's saying we can't have this child. The husband's threatening to break up with her 
or the boyfriend's starting to break up with her. It's so much. And that, like, I just can't explain how upset that makes me because here we are shouting, oh, it's a women, or here the pro-choice movement is saying, oh, it's a women's choice. Oh, it's a women's choice. Well, first of all, it's not. Like, none of these women, I've never had a woman come to me who is like, or I've never even seen a woman, you know, because I also uh, sidewalk counsel outside of the abortion clinics who, you know, is going in there, you know, all strong. This is my right. Like, I'm happy to do this. You know, there's this picture, I think, that we have painted of a woman who, you know, is living her daily life, finds out she's pregnant, says, oh, I'm going to go get an abortion, you know, goes into the clinic, comes out and is already on her next work phone call or whatever, you know, and goes back to live her daily life. But to the people who see it firsthand, we know that that's, that doesn't happen. That these women going in, they're normally, they're sobbing. Um, I've seen people literally get pushed into the clinic. It's, if you look at the clinics, especially the clinics in Chicago, it is not a good site. It's not what is um, depicted in the movie. Um, it's called Unpregnant. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's this movie that came out a couple years ago that's like depicts abortion as like this fun adventure. But anyone who sees it firsthand or who hears about it firsthand, that's not what it is. It couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I was thinking the same thing when you were talking about the, you know, women's lib and women's choice and women are independent and this, that kind of thing. And yet the pro-abortion side is sitting back, allowing men to force women to do something right. that they don't, you know, a lot of times don't want to do, uh, you know, so much for women's independence, right? Uh, that's interesting. So it's, it's ironic. It's very ironic and it, but it's, but the, every every issue and every person and every topic on the left is all hypocritical. There's nothing that's consistent or righteous about it. So, okay, so you're a, you said 20 years old, and what you will hear oftentimes from the pro-abortion side is that women need to have access to an abortion in order to fulfill their dreams, live their life, be whatever they want to be in life, whatever their career and yeah. uh, what do you say to that? Well, I say, you know, ask, ask the women who've had their children. At, look at look at their stories, you know, look at look at the real life examples. And we actually just had a woman come into our office uh, a couple months ago. And I always cite the story because I think it's so beautiful. You know, she she wasn't really sure where she was going in her life. She was, you know, not going down a bad path, but just kind of like not really doing anything. She was with her boyfriend. And she got pregnant and she was like, oh, no, neither of us have uh, have jobs like we're not ready for that or they didn't have like stable jobs. We're not ready for this, all this stuff. So she reached. But she's she was like a pretty competent person. So she, you know, reached out to different organizations, um, finally got help from from us, actually, from a program at Illinois Right to Life. Excuse me. Um, and she so she came in a few months ago with her baby and she was like. First of all, both of them have steady jobs now, you know, she was like, our, my baby didn't like this myth that women need abortion to succeed. My baby didn't keep me from my success. My baby actually propelled me to do more to make a better life for that child. And I think that this message that like women can't succeed and have children is making a lot of young women who actually have succeed, who've had children in college or who, you know, who've had children and been working a job it's making them mad. And they're speaking out about it because they're like, Hey, don't tell me like, this is all about women's empowerment. Don't tell me I can't succeed 
and have a child because look at me go. So like I've seen, I've seen a lot of um, women posting about it actually, you know, posting little short videos about how like having a baby in college, you know, like you can, you can make it work. It, it I've never actually seen a situation where having a, having your child child like makes you like spiral down this bad path. You know, a lot of the times I, there was another woman I was talking to her about the other day and she was really into like drugs and stuff and she got pregnant and it really kind of saved her. So I don't know. I think that's a beautiful side that we don't, we don't talk about it as much. Well, just as we were talking about a second ago, what do you think of women that they can't succeed in life if they have a baby. I mean, do you think women are that stupid and that incapable? Mm-hmm. You, you know, again, it's another hypocrisy from the the pro women and you know, go women sort sort of side of things with that they are actually right. putting you down and saying as though somehow you can't function in life because you had a baby, even though there's examples everywhere. Uh, in, in, yeah, in, just, and that includes not even having a career if women want to stay at home. My mom did. Well, exactly. No, exactly. And that's the other thing. It's not about like, you know, for a lot of women, that is that is their goal in life is motherhood. And so this whole like um, this whole women have to be women have to go to college. Women have to um, just succeed really far in the workplace is actually stripping a lot of their femininity from them. I think, I think that it's important to remember that the most, the greatest thing a woman can do is to give birth to a child, you know, to help create this unique human being. And by saying that actually women should, there was this really good quote I heard the other day, you know, it was like, it was like, um, being able to create Microsoft Excel sheets is nothing compared to the ability to create a whole unique human being. And I think that it's just, it's just another thing that um, society is trying to strip away from women and trying to make them more like men and saying, well, like you shouldn't do, you only should do this. There's only one path you can go on. Doesn't include giving birth doesn't include staying at home with your child. Well, they're just trying to make us the same as men. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, I just, I don't know a lot of women aren't buying into that anymore. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just sad to say, well, why don't you just let women do what they want? Right. It, like <laughs> they just, it's that simple. I don't care if, if you, right, exactly. why do they feel the need to demean women if they want to have kids and stay home or, you know, work part-time or things like that? If that's what they want, great. If they don't fine, so be it. Uh, but, uh, okay, so a couple other things when it comes to, and I heard this, uh, and I forget where I heard this, but it, it was somewhere that it was stated that a lot of men will will say when a woman says she wants to have an abortion, they'll say, well, I support her decision, right? And oftentimes the men don't want it. They feel guilty. They would like to keep the baby and but their response is, hey, you know, it's not me. It's you know, I, I stand behind whatever she chooses. And oftentimes, when women have the abortion, men feel tremendous guilt. What do you say to men that are listening that might be in that position? Yeah, I mean, that's a really tough one. To be honest, I've never encountered that. And I mean, I've I've encountered that that side, but I've never encountered that in real life. And I think there's a lot to be said to that. First of all, it's it's absolutely terrible. Fathers have no right to their child. So it if a father, you know, really, really wants the woman to keep the child, but the 
the woman is just like, no, then the father has, there's nothing he can do. And that's like the most terrible thing to think about that this father has no rights, you know, it's just, it's so saddening. I think that there are some resources available for fathers, similar to Rachel's Vineyards. Um, I think there's a version of that for men. Um, but I would just say, I think, and this is just my personal opinion, in the majority of cases, if there's a man, if your girlfriend is considering getting an abortion, you just need to explain to her that you are there to fully support. Don't just say it's okay, you know, do whatever you want. Because women sometimes think in their brain, well, okay, he's saying do whatever I want. That means he's probably not going to like support me very much. He's just kind of going to be on the sidelines. No, say I'm going to fight for this child. I want, I want a child in our relationship, you know, give her that encouragement because so many times I've seen women who their boyfriends are there encouraging them. You know, they don't, they don't actually want, no woman actually wants to kill her child, you know? And most women know in this day and age, especially this year with everything that's going on, most women know what abortion is, you know? I know that in the past women haven't. I know that for a fact. I've spoken to women who haven't. But the information is so easy to find now. Most women know, and men just need to be there to support women. Yeah, I I, I agree. And that's what I would tell men too. you know, stand up and, and be, be strong in that regards. And, uh, you know, come on, be a man, right? Stand up and, and, and help and support you. We would do that for our three-year-old, right? Why right. wouldn't we do that for uh, an unborn child? So we were, we talked about the youth uh, earlier, but do you think that the youth are more pro-life than not? Yes, I do. I think that the majority of the youth today, and I've had a lot of people who are like, maybe like in their like late, late 20s to like early 40s, you know, that that generation, whatever that generation is, say that it's just incredible how pro-life the youth are today. You know, Um, I think that I think that one of the reasons could be how radical the abortion laws have gotten, you know, like in some states, including Illinois, you know, it's basically legal to, to, um, abort a baby, like literally anytime there's so many loopholes and women are just like, and also just with all, with all that social media can do to kind of show how terrible this really is and all the stuff that's come out, you know, about that abortionist in Indiana, I forget his name. Um, who was hiding the bodies of children inside of his garage. There were like thousands. People are seeing this. And I think our generation is realizing that this is going to be like our Holocaust. You know, this is, we are going to be on one side or the other. This is going to end at some point. We're going to be at one side or the other. And we want to be on the right side. And we want to say, hey, we didn't stand back and do nothing. We want to say that we did something. I think, I think that there's a large, large group of pro-life. It's like, it's almost like the hip thing too now, you know, like you don't want to be, no one wants to be pro-death. Like who wants to be pro-death? Like, and it's like, I'm sorry, but pro-choice is just such a lie because you, you listen to these stories of the women and it's never their choice. It's just, it's really, it's really almost never their choice. Yeah. Everything about the left is a lie. So no matter what they say, you almost can take whatever they say and do the opposite and you'll know you're doing right. You know, so that is, uh, that is absolutely the case. Yeah. I, I think the youth are really, really surprisingly 
pro-life and uh, I think we have to act like it. We're, we're not the minority. I don't believe at all. No, I don't think so either. No. So Savannah, where um, you're, you're on social media, where can people, if you're interested in having people follow you? Yeah. Yeah. And if people follow me, I always say I post a ton of pro-life stuff and I also um, run Illinois right to life social media. So like I, I repost that stuff. So it's really easy to find pro-life content on my feed. So my Instagram is Savannah underscore Dudzik. So that's S-A-V-A-N-N-A-H underscore D-U-D-Z-I-K. And then basically if you just look up like Savannah Dudzik on YouTube, I also have a YouTube channel, um, Twitter. It's it's all the same. There's not really a lot of other Savannah Dudziks, so you kind of can find me easily. And then Illinois Right to Life also has social media and you look up Illinois Right to Life on any social media and you can find it. Same with like Let Them Live and um, culture of life, fashion. It's all pretty easy to find, but yeah. Absolutely. So please connect with Savannah and, uh, and engage with, uh, the organizations that she's involved in, uh, and you'll see them all on her, uh, on her social media. That's how I found Savannah as well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's really great stuff. And, uh, I think you're learning way more than if you went to college and got a four-year degree. I'll be honest. I mean, you did go to college, but if you went for a four-year degree, uh, way, 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 way more um, with all that you're doing. It's really, really cool to see. So uh, Savannah Dudzik, thanks so much for being here. It was a really great conversation. I appreciate you coming Thank you. It was a wonderful conversation. Absolutely. So Savannah Dudzik from uh, the Illinois Right to Life, involved in a lot of great organizations uh, in support of the life issue in a very, very tough state, uh, the state of Illinois. So Savannah, keep it up. Uh, and uh, thank all of you for listening to this episode of Fides Podcast. Uh, please check out all my different podcasts and all the, all the different podcast apps, YouTube, Rumble, and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesdays uh, on writeamericamedia.com. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. So far.